Down in Front Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much here. How's it going, Mike? <laughs> We're super excited to be talking about a bunch of stuff. It's going to be me and Mocha Mike just hanging out, kind of like a mocha sexual chocolate sort of thing. It's getting steamy, so, uh, you know, put on your gloves and goggles. Just two guys, just two guys having fun together. Nothing weird about it. Nothing weird. Drinking some wine, you know. Nothing crazing. Like, yeah. Having some deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Uh, yeah, some real deep thoughts. So uh, thoughts about Johnny Depp. Uh, I mean, he looked he looked fine in this movie. Well, well, we we get yeah. to that one. But tonight we are going to be talking about Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man Tells No Tales, um, the fifth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean's universe, the lore, whatever you franchise. want to franchise. There's so many different words you can actually talk about it. Um, but I'm really kind of excited to kind of get into a, a pretty in-depth review. We'll keep it kind of short and sweet because, you know, the, the movie itself just recently came out. Um, I know a lot of us and a lot of the crew is going to be coming back for the big uh, review that we're going to be doing for Wonder Woman. So stay tuned for that as well. We're hoping to see if we can actually get it on our YouTube channel to actually do a live uh, recording of that. Um, and just have everybody on there because I think that's going to be a really, really good one just to kind of get everybody back together. So super, super excited about that one as well. But um, tonight we're talking about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, before we get into that one, I am interested in uh, Mr. Mocha. What uh, what you been sipping on? Yeah, so I've been sipping on a lot today, actually. <laughs> I got day drunk. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with you and with the audience listening at home. Um, but as of right now, I'm sipping on a homemade margarita, courtesy of my roommate Porter. That is his name. It's not a nickname. Um, he, we got some Espolon tequila. Mm. We got a bunch of other random shit. I don't know how to make a margarita, but he does. And he whipped up something tasty for me. So that's what I'm sipping on right now. Nice, nice. Um, as for what I'm watching, it's more about what I've watched. I recently watched Sausage Party, which I know I know I'm a few months behind on that, but it was. I'm glad I finally got a chance to watch it. It was exactly what I expected it to be, which was a really raunchy comedy by Seth Rogen and a bunch of his friends. But what I wasn't expecting was how a good the animation it would be, and b how just clever and imaginative it was you know at the end of the day maybe you're gonna look at it and say oh this is just a movie about dick jokes and grocery food and you're not that far from the truth but if we're being honest the creativity behind it was incredible um it was very adult like way more adult than i expected going into it um but i thoroughly enjoyed it for what it was worth it's not an a-plus movie but i'm not upset that i spent time watching it i mean i'm just glad that they even kind of sometimes they kind of prep the press it just a little bit in order to say you know this is what happens and uh, i'm a really big proponent of people just being comfortable with the uncomfortable hashtag nancy hashtag nancy's mappanato she got that uh, but uh, just really being comfortable with like uncomfortable or weird kind of situations that make you kind of shifting your chair and kind of cringe. 
let it all out. Like, let's talk about that a little bit more. And the fact that they have something that's animated, right? They can do that. They can talk. They can have a a movie that talks about um, sexuality, talks about religion, talks about drugs use, talks about what whatever that whatever taboo quote unquote things, uh, and still make it funny, but at the same time still have like a meaning or a deeper purpose for it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, not only talk about that, not only have a movie about that. So I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I remember watching this movie um, last year. I think I went to the movie theater by myself, and everybody was basically crying in the theater. And I loved that movie. It was so much funny. I watched it again. It doesn't quite hold up, but there are some jokes in there. The Stephen Hawking joke. Oh, side. Uh, sorry. So uh, oh my spoiler, God. spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was like, oh yikes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, whatever. The, the movie's on Netflix. If it's on Netflix, sorry. Uh, but spoiler, there is a funny, funny as hell Stephen Hawking joke in this actual movie, and it just comes up out of nowhere. Uh, it is super. It's it's just a lot of fun. Everything that's being introduced. Yeah. So I, I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I regret not having the chance to see it in theaters. And if you're listening at home and you've yet to see Sausage Party, and you find um, smart so crude humor enjoyable get your friends together don't watch this alone because you're going to be laughing but you want to be laughing with your friends so you can talk about it afterwards this is a good movie to watch with your crew absolutely absolutely uh yeah so you got sausage party uh you are you watching anything else yeah so i've i've got a list of network shows to get through and i recently finished a couple so i'm trying not to charge through to quickly through them, but the very next thing on my list is Legion. I've seen the first episode, I mentioned that a couple of episodes back, and I'm really looking forward to the next seven, finish up that season, A, so I can get a good sense of, you know, what FX is trying to do with that IP, um, and also, you know, get caught up to date with a show that everyone I know has absolutely loved. Nice. Yeah, I know that was, uh, I saw the first... I think I saw the first episode, maybe the first two episodes, and that was something that I liked. They just had to put it on the back burner because there's just so much. There's so much good content out there, so I'm definitely gonna pick it back up. Yeah, I'm gonna pick that. I wouldn't say too much. There's always something good on, which is nice. So if the moment that we see too much, yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Cool. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you for having the lovely Mocha Mike. So I appreciate you kind of hanging out with me tonight. As I sip on some wine and uh, talk about my stuff, I am uh, currently sipping on. I actually never had this one before. I've had the other different ones, but it's a dry, it's a bright, it's a crisp, uh, dark horse rosé from California. Uh, really, really, pretty good. Actually, not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. A, little, a bit more on the drier end, which is nice. Hashtag sip of that. Um, but I would definitely say that I'm probably going to be getting this a lot more, especially going into like the more warmer days, um, going into like the spring and the summer and stuff like that. So. Pretty excited about that. So that's what I've been, uh, what I'm currently am sipping on. As to what I've been watching, I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Um, I know that at one point we wanted to talk about this, but um, I want to kind of give this show like all the credit as possible because this show is phenomenal. I mean, the entire uh, sort of like all five uh, seasons of uh, Samurai Jack was just good, and uh, you know the first four was definitely like catered towards. towards you know, definitely a younger audience. I mean, there were some episodes that at least kind of went there and kind of pushed it a little bit, but not too much, you know, sort of thing. It was like one of the things in which he, they, he's always fighting a robot, right? So he can fight and destroy and kill a robot. That's completely fine. Um, and it literally was a character that you just follow him all throughout everywhere he actually goes. It was very excited, like very enjoyable. And I, I mean, I love the actual show itself. Uh, 
spoiler for season five is definitely ramped up and it's definitely not a kid's show anymore. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of the things that they introduced with this show of, you know, they put in uh, physical, uh, emotional, and like psychological sort of issues. It's all jam-packed into ten episodes. And it was very, very strange. It was a huge shift that had happened. But the one thing they introduced in the fact that people can bleed in the show... And so, Jack is now fighting humans, um, or people that is mortals, at least. So, that was a huge concept. And they showed it, you know, it was, it was a pretty graphic, a lot of the things they actually put in the show was pretty graphic. So, I was pretty uh, kind of excited to kind of see that, and see where they were kind of going from that. Um, the other thing is that, you know, Jack has been fighting this battle for, I think he mentions it, like, there's a, a certain passage of, of time. Uh, but, you know, if you consistently doing this every day in your life for this entire time, like, something inside your mind is going to start slipping, and you start seeing that, too. Um, and it was just something very interesting and very, I guess, moving of introducing this, because now you, we've been with this guy for, you know, four, five, six years. Um, the show originally came out, I believe, in 2001, 2003, and now it just ended in 2017, so... Arguably, right? We've been on this show for over 15 years in certain cases, but then you start seeing like exactly what's what, where is he, what he's thinking, what's happening, and how things are actually being processed. So, without actually kind of reviewing it and like spoiling it, I would say definitely go check out Samurai Jack. Um, I know seasons one through four is on Hulu. Season five, I know that's only on like Cartoon or excuse me, I think it's like CartoonNetwork.com or like Toonami. Um, but if you have, like, any of the streaming services, like, Hulu has, like, a live one, go check it out, because it's a very interesting show, and I, I love this last season, like, the last episode, just, uh, they also introduced love, and, like, love jokes, too, so I thought that was really funny, too, so they actually had romance one of the first times ever, so, go check it out, definitely go let me know, uh, Samurai Jack, that's season five, uh, and then the other thing is that another movie that I saw this week, super entertaining, I mean, I have, uh, before I watched this movie, I think I saw the last Saturday Night Live, and I don't know if you catch up with that, Boca. So I'm getting caught back up on Saturday Night Live. I'm like three weeks behind in the season finale, which was starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson promoting his movie, Baywatch. Yes. Um, So I saw Baywatch this week, and it's uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, Zach Efron, uh, Alex Andario, a bunch of other people. I think it actually had like a couple of other like kind of famous actors and a couple other people that wasn't really known quite well. Um, but that movie was just very fun. And the reason why I thoroughly enjoy this movie, this movie right now in the box office is getting trashed. Right, just looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now, it has an 18%, right? MDB <laughs> has a 5.5, Metacritic has a 38%, right? Um, but... I think going into this movie, they they obviously said that they wasn't trying to make a serious movie. They were trying to make a fun movie. They're trying to make a fun title of a movie, and they're going to parody off of a TV show that was like ran for like years on end. Um, so I think they I think they did that. I think they did a successful of it. Now, does people like it? Does people want one other thing? Yeah, yeah, they want something else. But I don't think they end up making a movie about that and I think it's pretty obvious that they're actually talking about themselves like even in this movie there's a section which 
they were running on the beach and obviously the woman is running in slow motion and they're and they go back you zoom back into somebody who's going like the regular speed and they're like well why is she running slow motion that doesn't make any sense um so i thought that was really funny and it, it felt like they were really really making fun of themselves the entire time like storyline was super simple obvious you know it's a very uh, easy tropes and they really hit a bunch of the different tropes but it was just more of the fact of you know this is a, a new telling of it because this is a rated r com uh, comedy so they can do really whatever they want much like we were talking about sausage party like they're just going to go out and just do it and you know seeing the rock from being in moana and seeing a rock from being in all these kind of family oriented even uh, i guess i wouldn't say fast than the furious franchise but uh more of the family-oriented uh, things to go him and get him in an R-rated crude comedy, and he's dropping the f bombs and like insulting people. I mean, that I thought it was hilarious. I, I mean, I had a great time. Uh, yeah, on this movie. I get so like speaking for somebody who used to watch they watch as a kid back when it was a TV show. Mm -hmm. Like that TV show, for what it was worth, took itself pretty seriously. It was a legitimate drama about lifeguards guarding lives on the beach. They just all happen to be buff and hot and babes. Um, so if you're a movie critic and you're going to this movie expecting that, okay, I can get that. And no, I haven't seen the movie yet. But I can get you being a little bit thrown off. But if you're a movie critic and you also haven't seen any of the trailers, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, if you see even one trailer, it's blatantly obvious that they're trying to take a lighter approach to the series and make fun of something that should have never been serious in the first place. It's like, what are you thinking? Yes. Hey, maybe you're Warren. Maybe you're Warren, and maybe you go into the movie without seeing anything, but you probably shouldn't be a professional movie critic at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I feel like people going into this movie are going to judge this harshly and judge it like terribly. You know, We're going to get into our uh, big review in a moment, um, and I'll, I'll tell you the scores of both of the movies that we're going to talk about. Uh, this movie that I'm talking about, Baywatch, and the next movie we're talking about, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tales Tales. So, I'm very funny, uh, very interested about that, but, uh, you know, just to close up the Baywatch thing, it was, I, I thought it was enjoyable. There's just one actress that's in this movie, I believe her name is Ilfinish Hedera, is gorgeous, and I'm going to marry her when I grow up. So, uh, just keep that in mind, because she was also... And uh, another show that I watched, and I actually binged this in a day and a half because it was that damn good. Um, and I'm gonna only talk about it now. I know we're gonna mention it, and when we we get everybody back, we're like we're probably gonna have like a, a little more in depth review of it. But season two of Master of None. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, have you seen it, Mocha? Not yet. That's that's on my list of things to hit. Now that I've I've, I've gotten back to where I want to be with watching TV shows, but I haven't watched season two yet. Man, I mean, season two is is a is pretty different than season one, but it really brings up it brings in a lot of different sort of um, variables, a lot of different like it, it's just a great storytelling. It's, it's really hard to kind of find words of how great a storyteller could be without having like a narrator and different things and there's one of my one of the episodes that come in in which you go through a bunch of different senses and it's just very interesting just to, to watch what's actually happening on screen uh, love this show i mean i love the first one so i saw i watched the second one of course and i also saw it in 4k so i was excited about that uh but i just love the show i mean i you could easily binge this show in a day and a half um 
and you're you're gonna walk away like man I'm re- I'm really glad I saw that so that's season two of Master of, Master of None that's actually on uh, Netflix so definitely go and check that out um because that was awesome so I'm pretty pumped about that so now with that all out the way we're gonna take a sip of wine and I'm interested Mocha out of the five movies that we're gonna be uh, out of the f- the fifth installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean which one was your favorite? would agree with you um, I did thoroughly enjoy the fact that they started to uh, you know talk about my favorite out of the five definitely not Dead Man Tales No Tales and that's no spoilers there um, <laughs> if anything that's going to be arguably maybe the bottom um, of, the, of the list there uh, but I think my favorite has to be number one um, just because of everything that you it, it was an introduction to a, just a vast and interesting story and a lot of weird and complex and funny and quirky and just a lot of stuff that was actually happening. I mean, Davy Jones, uh, you know, I, I really liked him in 2 and 3 and I was really hoping that that was just kind of one movie in that one because that movie would have been great and that would have been phenomenal, phenomenal because they started introducing a lot of other like, things in the background of talking about Jack's past and the... Uh, how all the pirates are kind of band together and stuff like that. But uh, I really just like the introduction to everything. And the, you, you sort of got a hint of, well, Jack has this weird sort of compass. And there seems to be uh, like a, a deeper meaning to it. And there's maybe a lot of other mysteries and like the mysteries of the sea sort of thing. And then they start talking about Davy Jones. And later on, they talk about Blackbeard. You know, they talked about the Black Pearl. And they're talking about these things that you at least kind of hear a little bit of. And even with Dead Man Tales No Tales, like they actually started talking a little bit about that too with the triangle, the Bermuda Triangle sort of thing. Um, so I thought that was like pretty cool, like very interesting. Even with Stranger Ties and talking about, you know, the. Um, Fountain of Youth. I thought that was also very interesting, but I, I really think that the first one was by far the strongest. Um, and then after that, it was it was kind of up and down, up and down. And then last couple ones was just kind of like, eh, you know, it's not, it's not too bad, but it's still 
you know, entertaining. I mean, that, if that's the one thing alone, majority of the people probably went, went to watch this movie for Johnny Depp, you know, and then whatever else happens after that, yeah, it was, it was still pretty cool. They still kind of checked it out, so I, was, I will say it was still pretty fun. But, you know, let's get into, I'm excited to talk about, um, you know, Dead Man Tales of Tales. Going into this extra movie, let's talk about some wins and, like, if you saw the trailer, do you think anything's gave it away, and what's some things you actually liked about the movie. If you haven't seen uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tales No Tales, I would say it kind of stops right now because we're going to get into the kind of spoiler section. We're just going to really kind of talk about the movie. That way we don't have to, like, stop ourselves and say not say a name and stuff like that. So I'll say stop right now, uh, take, a pro take a pause, go watch the movie, come on back, and we'll get you going. Um, you mentioned if the trailer gave too much away, and I don't think so, though. I will say that the only actual trailer I watched was the initial trailer, which only showed um, Javier, Javier Bardem's character uh, initiating conversation with one of the protagonists from this film. He says a brief statement about how if you find Rex Sparrow, tell him that death comes for him. And it didn't really give too much away. I thought it was a really tasteful trailer. It showed a lot of the cool graphics. It gave you a sense of who the new villain was. And it made it clear, hey, Johnny Depp is the main villain, and I'm coming after him. And that's what the movie's going to be about, and that's what it was. Um, you know, as for the film itself, if you want to talk about some wins, I already mentioned his name, but Javier Bardem, that, that man can do no wrong as far as, I, as far as I'm concerned when it comes to, you know, acting. He, he always has a presence in films, and... You know, the last movie that I saw him in was No Country for Old Men. <clears throat> and I know he's done several movies since then, but his presence, when he shows up on scene, he is the scene. It doesn't matter what's going on around him. It doesn't matter who's there next to him. He takes your attention. And I think that that was the case in this film, too. I loved Javier Hopter Bardem in it um, as Captain Salazar. I don't think Captain Salazar would have been even close to as interesting if it wasn't for Javier portraying him. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to that, part of that, part of making Salazar so captivating was the CG in this film, which was very solid. You know, I mean, it's a Disney film, so let's get that out of the way right away. <laughs> they have money to blow on this, on this and any of their franchise films. And it really paid off in this film, you know. Salazar, the big thing for his character is that he, visually, his hair and his clothing move like he's underwater. And I never, it, like, that never got old for me. Every scene in the film, seeing him turn his head and his hair just slowly flowing in the proper way as if it was actually underwater was just magical. In a way that Disney is just so able to do, they're able to take really simple CG effects and make and bring magic to a scene with it. So yeah, he, you know, Disney's CG effects are always magical, and it, there was no less in this movie. So I really enjoyed that. And, you know, there was a lot more besides just Javier Bardem's flowing hair that was good in terms of the CG in this film. Um, you know, his ship rearing out of the water and the, the, the planks that form the ship spreading out, sort of like a great maw to consume its enemy ships, was really interesting and exciting to see. Um, but it was with Javier where it was just more personal and more exciting for me. Mm. Um, also, and this goes kind of hand in hand with most films that, that Disney does, it was just fun. Like, period. It was a really fun movie. Explosions, chases, some comedy here and there. Um, I don't think you could watch this movie and not feel 
kind of, you know, a little bit thrilled with what was going on in the screen. Even if you don't think that it was a particularly good film, I think it was fun. Yeah. Um, one thing that was nice, and, you know, you see this more and more, especially since Disney has acquired both Lucasfilms and, um, you know, Marvel, Marvel Studios, they're showing with each and every movie that they put out that they're more and more okay with acknowledging mass death. Um, even if it's not really gruesome and bloody, you know, Javier Bardem's character spends half the film just murdering people, you know, tapping his sword on the, on the ground to make his men kill members of Jack, of Jack Sparrow's crew, or literally walking around a group of pirates that are hanging by their feet and stabbing them through the chest just to make a point. And yeah, they're not showing gore, they're not showing blood flying everywhere, they're not showing lopped off heads rolling on the ground, but that's still pretty intense and uh, props to Disney for just kind of pushing that a bit further with every movie they put out um, I mentioned this a bit earlier in the podcast but you know one of the big wins for any Pirates of the Caribbean movie is that their villains are always great they're always well cast they're always dynamic they're always very interesting to watch for that hour and a half and while he's not so much a villain anymore at this point in the series, Jeffrey Rush, Rush who plays Barbosa, continues to be a high point for this series. Yes, yes. Every single time that guy has a camera on him, he just owns that scene, and you know, and it's just great. I love seeing him as Captain Barbosa, even if I may have issues with Captain Barbosa's character. Jeffrey Rush kills it nonstop every time. Boom, it's always with him, and I love seeing him, and I. I like the fact, I take issue with the fact that he's in every Pirates movie, but I also like the fact that he's in every Pirates movie because I get to see him portray this character. I mean, I would, and I, I can act, agree with you completely. And just going back now, I actually thought about this in a second. I can actually name every actor um, that played the villain. You know, you have number one was Jeffrey Rush. Number two and three, you had Bill Nagy as Davy Jones. Number four, you had Ian McShane. I mean, come on. And number five, you have uh, Javier Bardem. <laughs> And I'm like, that's a ridiculous, like, just list of actual villains. And to the point where you have Jeffrey Rush was the only pe person that actually makes the actual switch of uh, villain to, you know, anti-hero to hero. Um, sort of like he went to that particular kind of character arc. So that was a phenomenal, but arguably. And I think we, I don't think I ever mentioned this, but one of my favorite movies ever was, uh, I think, I still love watching this. The soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal by Alexander Desplat. Is King's Speech because of Jeffrey Rush. And, uh -huh. man, every time he's on screen, it's just awesome. It doesn't even matter what he's doing. It's just his particular demeanor. And it's funny that because he, like, he, I, I liked him more because he had more of a prominent role uh, between him and Jack. And it was a very interesting sort of banter that was actually happening. But even in the, like this movie here, it's just a lot of fun actually seeing it. It's just so much fun seeing him do this silly character because you know the ability, his skill ability, what he can actually do, his range is ridiculous, is limitless. And then he'll go and do a, like a silly character with a silly accent, and you know, shout out to Paul McCartney, <laughs> you know, silly silly <laughs> accents in this one here too, because that was also kind of hilarious. And uh, you know, who was uh, Jack's father? Uh, you remember that? Oh. Oh man, I can the call off the top of my head. Ah, uh, and he's a famous—he's uh, another famous um, 
rock and roll, I want to say. Like, I'll, I'll definitely. I'll, oh, we, yeah. It was um, Keith Richards. Keith Richards, Keith yes, Richards. yes, yes. So. Just the fact that, you know, that's the one thing I do like about kind of going off the fact you said that like, the Disney is fun. You know, they can pull in these people and these people can be silly, but still add something to it. And it's still very fun um, for it. And uh, I'm really glad it did feel like, you know, people had a lot of fun making it. Uh, and, I, and I also, like much like you, I enjoyed well, at least watching it. Like I was entertained. You know, at least there's a couple mm-hmm. points, and I'll bring it up when you're done, but I'll, there's a couple points that I'm like, did not see that happening that way, but that's actually pretty cool. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I completely agree, you know, and, and there are plenty of things for me to talk about during my criticism portion of this, this podcast, but at the end of the day, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean movies are fun. They are, and that's their main goal. Disney is trying to make a fun experience for all audiences, but especially younger audiences that are going to want to come to their theme parks and see these sort of things played out in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can count on them for that, and I don't think this film let down in that regard. I can, would definitely believe you if you told me that you went to this film and felt like it was, you know, long in the tooth, or if you didn't like Jack Sparrow's character, or if you felt like you were over the series, but to watch this movie and say that wasn't fun, I don't think that's really an option, I don't think it's a possible opinion to have. I mean, and also, to to, to be completely honest with you, if you're going into a Pirates Pirates of the Caribbean movie and say you don't like Jack Sparrow's character, there's no point in going into a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yep. That's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's so silly. It's like saying I don't want to look at any sort of death and gore and nudity, but I love Game of Thrones. I mean that <laughs> just that you know those sort of the, those uh, particular kind of comparison, especially because Pirates of the Caribbean, everything now that we know, everything is tied to Jack Sparrow in some way. So he yeah. is the he is the main character. He is the focal point of the, this legendary pirate. And we start seeing now why he, he ends up being that way. Yeah, exactly. You know, if if you know ahead of time that this isn't going to be the type of movie that you're interested in, then you'll avoid it. But for everyone else, you know, even if you're just taking a friend or a family member to see it, you're going to have fun. At least let yourself have fun because that's what the core of this movie is about. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's more or less what I got in terms of wins. Yeah, I mean, I love the amount of fun that I actually had in this movie. Like, I, I, I laughed a couple times, and I said, this is ridiculous, Boris. And, like, I like a lot of this, the kind of the stage, uh, the uh, visual gags that you use in the movie. But, uh, you know, one of the things, like, just a couple, the, just a name of them. I'm a very, very huge fan of just, uh, you know, an interesting retelling of, like, a, a legend or a mystery or some sort of, like, weird universe. And, you know, <laughs> the the only reference I'm coming to mind right now, but I love this show, you may have SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Because he lives under the sea. But you at least see some things of, you talk about Davy Jones' locker, right? You talk about the Muta Triangle, like, things that has to do with the sea, you end up seeing that in some sort of form or fashion. Uh, and the fact that Pirates of the Caribbean kind of took that and like rode that along, I love seeing more and more things. So I'm interested in knowing that, okay, you know, we've seen, you know, Davy Jones Locker, we've seen Blackbeard, we've seen like all these other legends of the sea. Well, what else are you going to give me now? Because there's a bunch more, so what else could you give me? Uh, and now they talk about, you know, well, what's in the Bermuda Triangle? Sort of thing. And I thought that was like, I thought that was pretty interesting to, to check out, you know, well, now we're going to find out like 
exactly what happens potentially in the in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, it also the trident and has like a uh, a small nod to Poseidon. In uh, it, and you know they kind of talk about that more, and just the entire like the folklore of the actual story. I I'm all on board, and I'm a super super fan of another uh, manga called One Piece, and that has to do with pirates, right? So another thing that has to do with some sort of water of the sea, and uh, they introduce a character called Blackbeard. We're not gonna get into that conversation, but we definitely can. Uh, but that's something that I, I was always I was always on board, and I was I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I was always like, you know, give me something. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking, but just give me something new. Just tell me an interesting way to see the sexual story. Um, so I was pretty uh, excited about that. Even with the elixir, the fountain of youth, I thought that was pretty cool. So I was trying to think of what the stranger tide was. So I was really on board with that of just having this looking at the actual fun. Um, the fact that you know, you have a entire like universe now that's centered around the uh, character like Jack Sparrow who just so happen to get lucky but everybody else look at him as his legendary pirate like oh my gosh he can he cannot he can never do no wrong and um it's funny you have a uh, oh man wills turner's son his name is oh was it jeffrey turner no, no. I'll, I'm Henry, Turner. Henry, Henry Turner. <laughs> so uh, Henry Turner. Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, Henry there, Turner. there you go. Uh, Henry Turner. Even he even says at one part, he was like, "Oh, you're Jack Sparrow." Like, I, I had no idea, sort of thing. He started getting more and more of that because he just get, he he's quick, he's clever, he's he's smart, he's clever, but he just has that uh, like sort of. Um, instinct of survival and that kind of kicks in in certain cases and that how he ends up kind of surviving these weird sort of crazy sort of events so I thought it was very fun to know um even for the fact that you know you have uh Karina who's a is introduced to kind of a pretty powerful sort of female character and I I, I think there was something pretty badass to say that you know you had um Swan Rachel Swan ah well was Elizabeth Swan. I was like, Rachel Swan? I don't know who that is. Um, you have Elizabeth Swan's character who just said, you know, I'm going to be a badass because I'm going to be the pirate. I'm going to be the pirate lord sort of thing. And then on the opposite side, you have this character that comes in and says, you know, well, no, 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 no. You guys are you're dumb. I'm just talking about science. And because they don't understand her, they immediately think that she's a witch and wants to kill her. Um, and I thought that was very interesting just to talk about, you know, don't be afraid of people's knowledge uh, and that the fact that women can do things better than all the men in this movie because really there was only one woman talking part, maybe the priestess, but not really. So you had one woman talking part in the majority of the movie and everybody else was men. Uh, and I'm really glad that at one point she really had a chance to kind of hold her own to really kind of find out where things are going and how to read the stars and stuff like that. So I was I was I was pretty proud about that because it was an actress that we had no we have no information about and she had such a prominent role in this actual film. So I was pretty proud. I'm, I'm glad Disney like made something about for Karina, um, Karina Smith. <laughs> Out of all the names, <laughs> it was like Smith. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, that's fine. Um, so I thought that was pretty fun, and I was like, really excited just to see that they put a little more in-depth character for women and not just uh, all these other men characters that you're seeing. I was hoping to see like other women pirates too, but 
I guess we didn't get that in this movie, but that's okay, you know. Even on the uh, the other sh uh, the island they got shipwrecked on, that was kind of funny. The, the, the wedding scene, that was funny. Like, okay, come on, that was gross, but that was pretty funny, so I like that. Let's let's talk about some things that, you know, just didn't quite work. So, uh, sure. I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to ask you for a couple, and then I'll share a couple. We can go back and forth, but what's a couple things that, uh, Mocha, that just didn't quite work? Yeah, I mean, I'll gladly get into that. There are plenty of criticisms that I have for this film. First of all, she's on a much more, you know, personal level, but I really think that I've just kind of outgrown the Pirate of the Caribbean's franchise. Um, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, came out in 2003. Like, I was still in high school at that point. And that's, you know, that's cool to think that this is a series that's been going on for 14 years. I mean, five movies across 14 years, averages about, about three per year, so on and so forth. And it's cool and all, but I'm just like, it's not there for me anymore. And it makes me wonder, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, it's clear that, to me, that kids will get the most enjoyment out of this film. Mm -hmm. It's not a kiddie movie. But I do think that that younger demographics will get the most enjoyment, and I wonder if that was just the point all along. And you know, you know, listening audience at home, maybe you're screaming and saying, "Obviously it was," and I'm just not, I'm just not on board with that. I just don't get it. But you know, I wonder if it's either that the films are just kind of getting a bit long, a bit long in the tooth, or if I am just no longer the demographic that the entire franchise is a whole dream for. Um, but for me, you know, the series is, is kind of getting old for me. Also, another thing that's getting old for me is Johnny Depp, Depp Jack Sparrow. Um, he's just boring to me. He's not interesting anymore. He was a really interesting, exciting, dynamic, different character for the first film, and that character for the second film. And with the third film, he was pretty cool, but he was already established. And in the fourth film, I was like, all right, well, cool. And now in this film, I just don't care. There wasn't a scene, not a single scene in this film that had Johnny Depp in it that I thought was better for having Johnny Depp in it. Um, I'm just over you. I'm over you, Johnny. You know, I'm not over you in other films. That's for damn sure. You're an excellent actor, and you do, you do really good work. But I just don't care about Jack Sparrow anymore. All of your jokes are pretty similar from movie to movie. Especially in the time of the jokes, the intro jokes for every movie are more or less the same. They're all super over the top action, um, and then you get to the middle part where there's a lot of jokes about you being lascivious and about being alcoholic, and then you get to the end where you have some sort of emotional catharsis, but you still say the wrong thing and it creates comedic a comedic break. Um, I'm done with that that routine. I'm done with that. And honestly, I'm done with a lot of a lot of the recurring elements in this story. I didn't care about um, uh, what's his name. What's the main character from the previous movie? Is played by Orlando Bloom. Will Turner. Will Turner. Yeah, I don't care about your progeny. I don't care about you or your family at all. I'm over Karen Knightley. I just don't. I just don't care. And there's so much that they can do with this film series that without anchoring it to those three characters and maybe they'll start that with next movie yeah. who knows although spoiler alert not minus Johnny Depp because he's obviously going to be in the next film given for this one you know but it, still it was something very interesting and kind of just tying off of for that because that's a that was a big criticism for me of um they they had a, a bit too much focus and I believe it started with you know World's End 
I believe it's either World End or wherever the movie that he's on the random island and he's like wheeling on that huge wheel. He's like running on the wheel. And I'm like... Oh. That was number two. That was, that was okay. So that it started that... Okay. All the comedic focus is now going to be on Johnny Depp at this point. Like, even to the point where he's pulling the ship and all the other random Johnny Depps and that was like somewhere in this universe. Um... But, you know, talking to Derek, the lovely Derek Song, of course, um, talking with him, he had another, he had a great point of, you know, it would be very interesting and be very cool if they just do a complete different movie, different, like, location of a movie, uh, but Johnny Depp just so, uh, sorry, Jack Sparrow just so happened to be a part of, like, that adventure or a part of the universe, and he affected it in some way, but it's not the sole focus on him. Um, and as much as they didn't want the sole focus to be in every movie the sole focus was on Johnny Depp at one point even with number two and three that they were trying to shift it and really kind of conclude the story of Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. it's still Johnny Depp was the one with the mark on his hand he has the coin he has the map he has the compass it was all on him uh, and I felt like they just put too many eggs in that basket and people audiences just got tired of it yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, you know. He was the anchor point for all the comedic humor. He was also the anchor point for every single major plot line in the entire series. Every. He was always also the anchor point for every potential third love interest, no matter who the feet or no matter who the female on screen was. Just all on Johnny Depp, and I get it. Because part of the popularity of the first film was Johnny Depp. It was him. He is what made Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, a super, like, box office smashing movie. I am fully willing to admit that and concede that point. But he's just not bringing enough to the table to make it interesting. And because he's there, the writers are focusing all characters that are within his orbit. Like Barbosa, like um, you know, Kira Knightley, like the Turners, and it's just really limiting this much larger world of pirating during the era of you know the East India Trading Company. Um, and so I think that's a, I think that's a criticism. I don't have anything against Johnny Depp, but I think he literally the anchor holding this movie franchise down while also being the shining point in this franchise. And I don't know how you're going to call that Disney. This, like, writers and potential runners over Disney, I don't know how you're going to fix that, but you should put some thought into it. Yeah. Because I'm just over it. I'm over Johnny Depp. Um, another person I'm over, um, or at least someone that I don't care about, is Barbosa's family drama. And I don't think you should either. You being the entire screen audience. It doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's just forced in there because Barbosa is connected to Johnny Depp. And so, okay, we've already explored all these of Johnny's life and friends. Who's, who else is close to him? Oh, Barbosa. Let's just give him a daughter and let's make her happen to be the main character of the story and let's make it just so happen that her interest in the stars who jumps to her father's journal is the key to the film. It's just like, it was just unnecessary, in my opinion, and kind of lazy. Um, I don't care about your daughter, Barbosa. And also, it doesn't really make sense. Barbosa, when the first movie came out, uh, which takes place, what, 19 years before um, 
before this current installment, Barbosa is already a ghost pirate. So how far back did he bang some woman on a, on a beach and they're pregnant to have this 16-year-old, 17-year-old daughter yes. like 25 years in the future? Yes. Like, like, why are you doing this in? Why are you forcing me to absorb this Barbosa family drama? You could have done literally anything else and it would have made just as much sense you know why it, it would have been very like that was <laughs> so the the one thing that i had to do like a serious eye roll when i was in the theater was the fact that you know they this is how they trying to shoehorn like you can feel that there's a there's a certain moment of okay here's disney trying to shoehorn this sexual plot point in and uh you have barbosa and jack sparrows talking and Barbosa, uh, you know, Karina's talking about her name, and, she, and she's like, something, something, something. Like, my father named me for the actual stars. And you hear Barbosa says, Karina. And she's like, yes, my name's Karina Smith. And then Jack Sparrow goes, Smith? Huh, that sounds like an interest. That sounds like a very common name. Like, I it sounds like I've heard that name before. Yeah, that's the most common name ever. Of course you've heard that name before. Like... The, you can't use that as a point. You can't use, first of all, her name Smith. No. It should be something something different, something interesting, something whatever. And then second of all, not buying any of that. Not buying the random reveal of the tattoo at the last minute. No, I'm not buying that at all. I'm not like... No, 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 no. Um, it was just forced. It was so forced. And, you know, like, and that was... There's a lot of movie that's super repetitive, and this is a bit of a separate point. You know, the Barbosa situation was forced, and then a lot of the other major plot points of this movie were just repetitive. You know, oh, the movie opens up with Johnny Depp in trouble, and his he has to get away in a very over the top and destructive for his environment and scenario. Um, oh, there's a sassy female that happens to fall into the purview of Johnny Depp. And she's sassier than he expects, and he has to deal with that. You know, oh, they get stranded on an island because there are ne evil forces, you know, following them. Oh, it gets to the end of the film, and the only the resolution resides at the bottom of the ocean, whether it was in a cave in a previous movie or at the literal bottom of the ocean with a parted sea. So yeah. it's just so repetitive. And, like come on and then the you got fact some of the that brightest minds in the creative field working for you at Disney what who, who on this team <laughs> this team was on everybody was on break and <laughs> you got this team here <laughs> well the fact that you also got you know Davy Jones there was a stipulation that he couldn't you know he couldn't be on land or there was something with the fact that he couldn't stand on land right he always had to be on uh, water or something and I remember there was, uh -huh. there was a scene in which, like, he, they were all standing. He was, like, standing in, like, a bucket of water or something like that. And But they used the same thing in this movie, too. And then you have the ghost pirates and the stuff like that from the movie number one and two that they also moved, they used in this movie. Now, like, they, completely different. I love the fact that I love the graphics that you're talking about of everybody seeming to be underwater. But the other thing that was a bit confusing... Um, much like you were talking about of, all right, well, if that's the case, and, you know, all the pirates got blown up, and I like the explosion scene, too. That was pretty cool. Not sure exactly where the explosion came from, but whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, because they scraped the bottom of their boat on the fucking rocks, 
and apparently they had one canister of gasoline in there and the entire fucking thing blew up yeah. quoting that stuff from a previous episode like a fucking dying sun every time every goddamn time oh, I'll be, I'll be, explode. I was just about to quote you I was like babe that counts a, that sounds a lot like our alien <laughs> recording that we just talking about uh, yes but you know it, it is not making any sense to me of okay well then A, how are these beings or people or ghosts fighting with their swords? And then B, how are people fighting these ghosts? Because when the Black Pearl came and they were fighting with the monsters, I'm like, how are you even how are you fighting these people? There's a point in the year you can't even touch them, so I'm kind of confused about that, but you know. Yeah, I've, yeah, I mean, it was a little inconsistent that way. Um, uh, it's just I feel like this franchise could do so much more if it just kind of let go of the things that worked for in the past and just tried something new. Um, another thing that I think was a criticism, I'm going to go right out, right in, outright and say it, and I know I mentioned this earlier, but Davy Jones and his crew were way cooler yes. than the crew in this movie. Like, Salazar, awesome. You know, this pirate who is who's got black liquid pouring out of his mouth and out of different spots of his body whenever he talks with his hair flowing as if he's still underwater, which is where he died. Very cool. His crew, super lazy. <laughs> All they decided was, oh, I don't know, let's make a different body part be missing on each one. Ooh. But guess what? Every single fucking villain in this entire franchise is a ghost. So why does that fucking matter to me? Answer, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to me at all. Every single member of Davy Jones' crew was a was a person combined with some different sea creature or some different element of the sea, and the imagination behind that was fantastic and breathtaking if you take a chance to actually look at the entire cast. This one, super boring. They put all of their weight uh, lean on the, Davey, on the Salazar end of things, and it just left the rest of its crew feeling like lackluster and like, why are they there? They're not significant as villains. Nope. It's just about Salazar. So why do I care at any point that they're on the screen? And even if, even like even talking about that, you know, Salazar is a bunch of his goons can only like live while in the water, which is exactly like Davy Jones' ship being much more interesting, like kind of uh, flipping upside down and stuff like that. That's just way more interesting of like kind of floating on the bottom of the ocean and then resurfacing as you please. Like it was way. It's, it, it's just a more interesting concept you already tried. So you tried to do it again a little bit differently, but also treading the same waters, and it just didn't work. Yeah, man. They, they blew their creative water, Davey J. Um, but so, so be it. So be it. It's, it's a criticism in my book. Um, and then finally, you know, and again, with any movie that you watch, unless it's a documentary, you have to suspend disbelief. And I'm going to try my best. But... You're going to tell me that you are at the literal bottom of the ocean and you're hanging on anchor and you're swinging to the fucking air like magic while the walls of the sea are raging beside you and there are crazy demon pirates trying to kill you and someone at the top at the boat is just going to be like, oh, they got onto the anchor. Let's pull them up, boys. Like, it was just weird. It was just dumb. Like, oh, come on. And then also, you know, you're this, this character, I can't remember her name, but you're swinging on this anchor, again, through the most mystifying and reality-bending moment of your life, 
hey, you're going to tell me that you have the clarity and the peace of mind to look up and see the tiny little three-line tattoo that's on your ghost dad's fucking bicep? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. My disbelief has been suspended. Has been, <laughs> I got that point. Like, come on, man. You know, I'm w- let's continue. So I'm going to ask you a few. I'm going to ask you a few questions to get into my criticisms. Uh, I'm trying to tread <laughs> over the stuff that you have. Um, one thing we talked about this before. Uh, the pirate Salazar. Man, it's bad enough when you mispronounce mispronounce his name as a joke in the movie because people didn't know who he was. It's even worse when you put tar, some sort of weird black liquid. I thought it was blood. That didn't make any sense. Um, you put liquid in his mouth and you expect an actor who has a heavy accent to then speak through that because a lot of his lines was lost to me. So, in I also made the comparison. This is actually the second time I made this same like, a comparison. This time was the King Arthur was, uh, you know, you got Garona from Warcraft of don't do it. And if you do do it, make it easier on yourself and just use subtitles. That yeah, way... Direct, directors out there, like, yeah. re-record lines. If your character's whole point is that they've got a fucking bar of soap in their mouth while they're talking, just re-record those lines in the studio, post-film, dub it over, Yeah. give your audience some clear... Like, it's, like you said, you know, it's hard enough that he is a Spanish pirate and therefore has a bit of a lift in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, but then you're also going to have, like you said, tar slash blood slash... I don't know, a fucking sea gunk bubbling out of his mouth. It made him very intimidating in the trailer, but for an entire two hours, it, it, it gets in the way. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing I got to talk about is, you know, Henry in the beginning, they also break their own um, rules they set up because when Davy Jones comes back, there's a flash of green light, the boat's supposed to flip upside down, and it comes back onto the the regular Earth of like it comes back to this world basically. But Henry just paddles out by himself. First of all, where's his damn mom? But whatever, uh, pads, paddles out with himself. Straps some some stuff on his leg and then sinks. How far down did he go? And then he finally hits the ship that just so happened to be resurfacing at the same time. And we're going to tell me that I need to believe that? That's, that's a little... That's a little... It's, it's a little tough. But that's okay. That's fine. Like, if that's how it opens up, that's cool. I felt like... I, I didn't realize that Orlando Bloom was in this movie. I thought for sure that that, that was going to be done. Like, I was really bummed that Karina and Henry ended up getting together at the end. Like, I was hoping that it wouldn't be a love story. And it felt like they weren't going to do it that way. And then... All of a sudden, the romance came out of nowhere, and there you go. Um, so, I, another one of the Disney tropes in which, you know, I can't really kind of knock them for that, but that's fine. I'm not going to be upset with that. It was just more disappointing in myself. Um, question for you. Uh, you know, Mocha, if I ask you, uh, in this Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean, uh, Caribbean, excuse me, universe, which is the fastest ship, what would you say? Oh. Well, I would obviously the black pay the black pearl because that was established in the canon. <laughs> yeah, but the black pearl got easily caught <laughs> within 
what a two a two shot two scenes and I was like I thought <laughs> wait I'm confused the Black Pearl was in this bottle because it was the fastest ship but it clearly is not the fastest ship at all and this is not the first time that the Black Pearl being the fastest ship has gotten caught so yeah confused uh, I was, I was the first movie establishes that they say very early on this is the fastest ship period no one's faster this is my ship Johnny Depp yeah. the fastest ship yeah but then at the same time Davy Jones ship caught it <laughs> the Navy ship caught it and I'm not even going to talk about them because that was there was no point that they were in this movie there's no point in them being in this movie at all um they had three ships. Davy Jones' ship, you have Salazar's ship, and then you have the uh, Redcoat ship. All has caught up with this ship. With relative ease. Um, this was all I thought was kind of weird. Uh, so, uh, Mocha, what's going on with the compass? How does the compass have anything to do with Salazar? I mean, so as far as I can tell, the compass, which its only purpose throughout all the previous movies was to point Johnny Depp or an owner which in this case is Johnny Depp towards their heart's desire um apparently in this movie if you kill somebody in a fiery explosion that was based entirely on the chemical reaction between rocks rubbing on wood and you gave that compass away it would allow them to escape their hell that they were from or that they were trapped in because because there's no other answer except for because it's strictly to create a online for this movie, and it's complete and utter bullshit. Uh, I, I sat there, I was like, wait, how does, are we going to talk, oh, where did, so the compass is gone because Barbosa had the compass, and that's just destroyed? Okay, uh, that's fine. Uh, also, what do you, like, I guess the last question that I have, because I'm not going to, like, burn this movie too much, is, uh, so the trident's supposed to break all the curses? Ugh. Don't get me started on the Trident. Holy shit. Alright, there's no great... I have not seen a greater piece of, of just, like, um, do sex machina. We don't have a way to resolve this story, so let's just make up a point at the fucking Trident. Um, I'll give this story, you know, some credit, because the Trident is implied to be Poseidon's Trident, and the notion that that being an artifact in the series that it actually exists and has mythical powers opens up the series beyond just the, you know, the era of the 1700s or whatever this takes place, um, you know, like pirateering, and allows you to look back at all of seafaring lore way back to the ancient Greeks. That's a cool move. What's not a cool move is saying, hey, this fucking trident just happens to break every curse that's ever existed that's sea-related for some reason. And then also, but also, doesn't get rid of characters like Jigford Rush, who, unless I'm missing a point from the previous movies, is a cursed uh, pirate ghost still. I mean, he, I think it, he, she, he was revived. He was brought back to be human. Uh, and the curse broke. Was that in the fourth movie? Uh, no, no, no. Barbosa came back in the second or third movie to be human. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. I'll give them that. But yeah. isn't, like, the Black Pearl accursed ship? Isn't that not a ship that should be on the sea at this point anymore? You know, 
And even beyond that, cool, let's keep all the characters that are on screen, but that's really the way you're going to go ahead and give me back Will Turner. You're not going to have, um, you know, a storyline focused on his son, you know, finding a way to break his father's curse. It's just going to be so, so happened that he stumbled upon the skeleton key that unlocks all curses, not just Will, his father's. Right. By following this bumbling drunken pirate. Yeah. Fuck you. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it did get me upset, one, the fact that you have the, uh, you have the trope of, we're going to spend an entire over two hours finding this thing just at the last minute to say, oh, I actually understand English now that divide means to break, so we have to break it. Wait, hold on. Aren't you a woman of science? <laughs> also, this ancient artifact that literally belonged to a god could be cut in half with a fucking like standard rapier. Just a gentle slash, boom, it shatters into a million pieces as if it wasn't once forged by the gods. But even before that, so so then I, I got two other things before we, we I, I, don't, I got two other things. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to keep going. I got two other things. So even <laughs> before that, you got Salazar's character who wanted to wield this amazing, awesome power. All that it did was control the water for a short amount of time. And that was about it. But you didn't well, do anything else. Maybe it would allow the under all seven seas, but it doesn't matter because the thing was as fragile as a piece of fucking candy brittle and was shattered. <laughs> well, so now we never get to know. <laughs> well, he even said, you know, um, Salazar even said that this is the power to uh, get me to see the light again. And um, I think he, I don't know if he said to get me to human, but the other thing that's confusing me is. Okay, okay. So, Captain, Lieutenant, whatever, Captain Salazar, your ship blew up. You're, you should be dead when it blew up. How do you revert back to human after that? Nope. I, I was really yeah. I was real well, confused that. In Salazar's defense, he fell overboard before the rocks scraped the bottom of his ship that was apparently packed to the brim with explosives. Um, so he was in the water when that happened, so he just kind of drowned. But also, his ghost had its head blown off because ghosts are scarier that way. Um, I mean, personally, listen, this is just my personal opinion, but if I'm going to die and come back as a fucking ghost pirate that can walk on water and not have to worry about jack shit except for, you know, pillaging every now and then just to cure my boredom fuck that trident I am chilling as a ghost pirate for the rest of eternity yes. oh no I can never satiate my thirst and I like anything that I eat doesn't fill me up whatever you can walk on water you spend all day laying out in the sun working on your ghost hand <laughs> it's not that bad of a life <laughs> work on that ghost hand hashtag ghost hand hashtag ghost hand <laughs> I mean, all in all, you know, there's just a lot that this movie just just didn't do up. Dude, at this point, I and mean, you pointed out you know, earlier, it's cool that Johnny Depp has so many legends around him, 
let him be a legendary pirate. <laughs> New characters and let him let his actions influence the story from a distance. He's got his legends. He's he can do other things, but give us anything else and just tell us that I doing a silly like alcoholic pirate shit background. Like yeah. that's that's what I want from the series at this point. Yeah, I mean, so before we kind of wrap up and we talk about kind of grades and sort of lasting thoughts, um, what do you think about the uh, anti-aging crane, the anti-agency? Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I brought this up, you know, um, a couple of episodes back during our Guardians of the Galaxy 2 podcast, which audience members, if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to it. It's really good. good. Um, but our team member with the most attractive voice, Brylan, mentioned that disease, anti- or de-aging technology is getting really scary and how good it is. And it was on full display in this movie. You know, the scenes with young Johnny Depp, the scene itself was relatively long. It didn't take up the whole movie. It wasn't dominating. But man, was it just really intense and how authentic it looked like. A, like, I looked like I was watching Johnny Depp from 21 Jump Street back in the fucking early 90s. Like, that was really weird for me to watch, and it was cool. It was very, very cool. But, man, that tech is just getting out of control. Yeah, it, uh, it creeped me out, something, something fierce, because uh, I was like, oh, it's almost too good uh, just like uh, when you see, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War, uh, uh, in the beginning of that movie, you're like, ah, it's almost too accurate. Like, it's kind of creepy, almost. But it was good. I mean, it, it, it was very good. I was glad that they actually kind of put that in on the actual movie itself. And they had a couple of still, sh like, a very slow shots of... Hey, audience, we know you're looking at this, so we're just going to leave it on here just for a second longer before we kind of pull away, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward, and I don't think we're too far away from this, but, you know, Disney or any really movie company that has access to the technology creating a full uh, sequel or reboot of a beloved film franchise that's 20 years old at this point and just having all of the actors play their roles and just de-age the shit out of them as if it wasn't a movie that happened 20 years after their prime. Because um, there's no reason why we can't have a full, like a full two-hour movie that's just like a, you know, just young Johnny Depp or, for the example of Guardians of the Galaxy, a young Kurt Russell doing a sequel to Escape from New York. You know, in this time, made today with today's graphics, but has him look the same way he did when we fell in love with that character in the first place back in the late 80s. I mean, you got Kurt Russell, Big Trouble in China. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bigger Trouble, Little in China. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right, what's your grades? Lasting thoughts, what you got? All right, lasting thoughts. I'm not going to go too overboard on this. Um, on a personal note, as someone who has grown up with the Pirates of the Franchise, Parents of the Caribbean franchise. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am over, over this series as long as it still revolves around Johnny Depp. He can be in it. He's done enough to be a legendary pirate. Give us something new. Until you do that, I'm over it. Cool graphics, no real substance. Gonna give it a C minus. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I'm down. This movie, uh, this movie really, really is now the fact that I don't know if I can pay for another Pirates movie. I didn't even pay for this movie. And I think that would be the biggest thing to say, you know, watch the movie. It's entertaining. It's fun. You have a good time. There's a couple of new things they put into it, but just don't pay for it. Um, like, and that's just, like, if you're going on a date, you know, tell the other person, oh, yeah, I want to watch Pirates because you're not paying for it. Uh, that'd be perfect. That's a really perfect time for you to go. That'd be a perfect time to do that. If you're paying for it, don't go to Pirates at all. Not at all. Don't do it. Um, you know, I like, I like some, a lot of elements of this movie. I mean, and there's even one that we kind of, uh, we didn't really talk about, but, like, in the flashback scene of when... Jack defeats, you know, uh, Salazar, and we see that he gets all these little trinkets he's actually been wearing this entire time, that we literally see everything that his character is made up of, of that one moment. So everything that's in his hair, the guns that he's carrying, the sword that he's carrying, his hat, we see all these things that he actually is getting from um, that pirate crew that he basically saved. So, that was very interesting. They're trying to tie some things together, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool, uh, but you know, all in all, like I gotta echo what Mocha was saying of just don't make a movie about Johnny Depp anymore. Um, it has to be about something else. It has to be fresh. It has to be different. Uh, and I'm I'm a bit concerned too um, because that you use this trident saying that it broke all the sea curses, so you're still sailing on the sea, so where where is the story going to go? I wonder. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, space? Because then I have to say, hell no, i got to get out. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested about that just to see, you know, where the franchise is going to go, if it's going to keep continuing or not. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess it will be, a, like, my last in thoughts is my grade, I got also give it a, I'll, I'll give it a C to a D. Uh, Finally into a C minus if that's real, but it's one of those movies of definitely see it. It's entertaining, popcorn flick, but you don't really have to pay attention to too much to get the actual story. Um, there was a stinger though on the end credit scenes. I missed that actually. So the stinger is, and um, you know you because uh, the movie ends with uh, Will Turner being reunited with Elizabeth Swan. And Karina and Henry are all like lovey dovey. They're uh, together, and so Will Turner is asleep with Elizabeth Swan in bed, and he. Uh, I guess there's like this weird thing of mass just kind of walks into the room itself, uh, and you can also infer that it's one of his crew members from the Davy Jones. Um, because it has, like, a bunch of, like, just weird shit on him. So he, like, walks into his room, and it's about to go up and, like, attack him, or it's going to do something to them while they're sleeping in bed. He wakes up as, like, a, a nightmare. He looks around, and there's nothing there. So he's like, okay, you know, like, like he doesn't say anything. He just kind of goes back to sleep. And then there's a slow motion, there's a slow shot of on the ground. You can see there's like footprints there that was wet. And you see little like barnacles and stuff that's all on the ground as if somebody was actually was there. And so the movie ends there. So. But why? All the sea crashes were broken because you shattered Poseidon's fragile trident. <laughs> I, know. Members, I don't know if you can hear the sarcasm in my voice, but it's I'm trying to lay it on thick. <laughs> the thing that upset at me was this uh, stinger was all the way at the end of the credits. 
not in the middle, not like Marvel. It was, I had to wait for the entire credits. So I'm like, that's a good, like, maybe five to ten minutes of credits. Come on, give me a break. Give me a break here. Uh, but, you know, yeah. So, my grade would be a, about a C- minus to a D for that. That sounds like two different things. Maybe you should just pick one. I'm going to give it a D. Ooh, that's yeah. rough, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, I mean, this is, right now, this is the lowest of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So I would say, if anything, it gives you hope to just watch the first two? Yeah, watch the first two if you just want to see some solid films um, that are themed around pirates and ghosts. Um, they tend to decrease in quality from there. Drastically. Drastically. And with that, I would say, you know, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. And we probably get you one here. We are super, super excited for our next review of kind of Wonder Woman. But this will conclude our, our uh, review of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tales No Tales. Mocha Mike, where can we find more of your work, man? Yeah, so you can catch me on Twitter um, typing out things that are too short for a blog post and too important to say to people in person, or too unimportant to say to people in person, at <laughs> Mocha Mike L-I. Um, for those of you who are new to the, po- to the podcast, the reason the L-I is there is because there is a 59-year-old uh, jazz acoustic guitar player who hasn't tweeted since 2015, who refuses to acknowledge and give up the at Mocha Mike handle. Um, so for the time being, please follow me on at Mocha Mike LI. I'm organizing a march on Washington to protest this asshole. So far, no one is down, but whatever. Maybe they'll just be me. Um, I'm down. And if you want to see some good, <laughs> if anything, you want to see some good photography, please follow me on Instagram at Mocha Mike, as the Lord intended it. Um, you can find all my my work there. Nice. What about you, Warren? Thanks so much, man. Uh, I know a bunch of the private, like the se- separate stuff that I do. Um, I have like a Twitter and a particular kind of brand in which we go and like rate a bunch of different wines and food pairings called Sip siptothat.com or friends with blends on Twitter. So definitely go follow us as well. We'll be posting a bunch, especially coming to summertime, because we're probably going to be doing probably like maybe our top five to ten best rosés. Um, just to talk about things you actually like, and I actually tried a new, a nice, uh, dry rosé from South Africa last night, and it was sublime. Um, so that's something I'm super fun. I really do a lot, I do a lot about that. Uh, for the podcast, though, we're super excited that we have our YouTube channel that we'll be putting in the show notes, so kind of stay tuned for that. So we're going to be doing, like, a bunch of, like, live blogging. We're going to do a lot of a, um... Uh, like a live tweeting as well uh, and just a bunch of stuff that we can kind of put up there that would be actually pretty awesome yeah and also don't forget uh, you can always email our favorite podcaster Jesse at his personal email which is jessequeenofthepirates at aol.com that's jessequeenofthepirates at aol.com aol.com oh my god he still has that <laughs> Yeah, man. I told him to, to migrate that shit, but he is just sold. He's just sold on AOL. No, he, he still uses those startup discs, those free trial discs from like the ninth, 1998. He did migrate from Netscape, so I mean, there you go. You got it. Yeah, progress. Progress is slow, man. Progress is slow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely find us on uh, YouTube. Uh, we have a YouTube channel down in front podcast as well. Um, we we're on a bunch of different channels. Um, definitely on Twitter, so it's at underscore dif p. That's at underscore down 
Down and Friend Podcast. We're on Reddit. I mean, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Down and Front Podcast. Uh, that's D-I-F Podcast for that. Um, as well as we have an email at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll be posting a lot of things in the show notes, but definitely go and tweet us. If you actually want to come on the next episode, just let us know. Uh, we'll be more than welcome to actually have more and more guests on the actual show. Super excited, especially Wonder Woman seems to be a pretty, pretty good sh- um, showing to get as much people as possible. So I'm super pumped about that. And with that, I will say goodnight. Thank you, everybody, so much. Cheers night, to everybody. you. Um, it's, Cheers. it's pretty early. Oh man, it's past midnight. Ah! So, still we, pretty early for us yeah, though. Yeah, it's still early. Uh, we love you all and uh, enjoy the night. Peace, good night, watch out for Paracus. Yeah.